Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today in health IT, generative AI, not reliable yet, says John Halamka. Love that title. Don't you love that title? That is clickbait if I've ever read it. And we're going to delve into the article and see what he has to say. My name is Bill Russell. So it worked, I guess. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest, Artisite, Parlance, and service now. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. In 2023, to celebrate five years at This Week Health, we are working to give back. We are partnering with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long, and we have a goal to raise $50,000 from our community, and we've exceeded that goal on August 1st. We exceeded that goal thanks to the generosity of our partners and our community and specifically the last couple of events we had, uh, Sarah Richardson, Tressa Springman were chairs and we were able to raise $5,000 at that event. And Mike Pfeffer and Donna Roach chaired an event for us, one of our 229 events. And at that event, we were also able to raise $5,000 as well. So that put us over the $50,000 mark and we wanna thank them and our partners for being a part of that. If you want to be a part of it, we would love to have you be a part of that. Go ahead and uh, check out our website, top right-hand column. You're going to see a logo for the Lemonade Stand. Click on that today to give. Hey, leave a note there as well so we know it's you. We'd love to thank you for that. We believe in the generosity of our community, and we thank you in advance. All right. I I, I fall to uh, clickbait often, and uh, this one's not surprising to me. Because John Halopka has, he's great for sound bites. I love having him on the show. We generally have him as the first episode of the year, so he can sort of set the tone for what we're going to be talking about in that year. And as you would imagine, he talked a lot about AI earlier uh, this year with us in January. And in this article, it's uh, titled Generative AI, Not Reliable Yet, says John, Mayo's, Mayo Clinic's John Halopka. And immediately it backs off, right? So that said, despite its current limitation, it will never replace empathy, listening, respect, personal preference. It's clear artificial intelligence is leading to fundamental changes in care delivery, says the IT innovator, okay? The premise for this is they went back to him because he made this statement, if your doctor could be replaced by AI, your doctor should be replaced by AI. And they wanted to ask him what he meant by that. And... He said, you know, what I meant by that was essentially a a medical doctor who holds a master's degree in medical informatics from Harvard. That's who he is. But a a doctor who holds a degree, empathy, listening, respect, personal preference, no matter what generative AI quality and accuracy we get to, it is unlikely these generative AI systems will have empathy, will have respect, will have the kind of things that we want from humans. So in effect... If all you have as a doctor who's reading a textbook back to you, you probably don't want that doctor. So that's essentially what he was saying by that. But they go on to ask him about generative AI. And here's some of the things. He said, let's step back and look at the predictive and prescriptive AI. Halapka explained. The idea is, hey, Bill, do you have a disease? Will you have a disease? If you do, what do, what do we do about it? Those kinds of AI 
you can measure truth, right? AI holds promise and risks. And so he gives this, and Bill Sawicki is the one who did the, the uh, interview. So he said, let's step back and look at the predictive and prescriptive AI. Halapka explained, the idea is, hey, Bill, do you have a disease? Will you have a disease? If you do, what do you do about it? Those kinds of AI, you can measure truth, right? A set of inputs, a set of outputs, what actually happened? Did they work? Did they not? Okay. And this is the point I was making a little bit yesterday. Generative AI is very different beast because it's not deterministic. It's probabilistic. So it goes on probabilities. It doesn't go on. It's not deterministic. It doesn't have definitive answers. Okay. So he continues. And really, all it's doing is predicting the next word in the sentence. Every time you write a prompt, you're going to get a subtly different answer. So how do you assess the quality and accuracy when every time you use it, it's different? Alapka said he could argue that AI of all kinds needs to have transparency. How was it created? It needs to have a sense of consistency. And it's interesting. We talk about this all the time on the show because we've really been looking at this. And there's reason for it. It's because every time I get together with CIOs, they're looking at this. This is an important topic. We have a belief that this is gonna be transformative and we wanna explore how it's going to be transformative. But like I've said before, if the thing was trained on Fox News, you're gonna get one answer. And if it was trained on CNN, you're gonna get a different answer, all right? So it does matter what trains these models. Now, over time, what's gonna train it is the responses and the feedback that it gets. If every time you ask it a question, it gives you an answer and you say, you ask it a different question, it's gonna determine that it didn't really give you the answer that you want. And hopefully, because it's AI, and AI systems get smarter with use, they get smarter with repetition. So the more you give it feedback, the more it's gonna say, oh, that wasn't really the answer they were looking for. Maybe I didn't answer the question correctly, and it's going to update its algorithms. All right, so he goes, sense of consistency, he goes on to say, that is, every time I use it, it's going to give a sort of reasonable result and reliability that I actually feel like I can use this for a given context, he noted. So I think where we are with generative AI is it's not transparent, it's not consistent, and it's not reliable yet. So we have to be a little bit careful with the use cases we choose. And this is why I like the notes use case that we have, because the notes use case that we have has a human interface in between the generated content and the delivery of that to the patient, right? So it's gonna to go to the physician, the physician's gonna review it, the physician's gonna send it out. So that is a checkpoint. Now we can make the argument that doctors are just gonna send it out. Well, that's, that's their own fault. I mean, if they're not gonna check the work, if they're not gonna check the thing, that, that's their own fault. And we can't really build around that. What we're saying is, hey, this tool's gonna to generate a note for you. You have to re review the note for accuracy. We believe that in a majority of the cases, this is going to save you a couple minutes. And because you have hundreds and hundreds of notes in there, that that couple of minutes per note could be, you know, 200 minutes a week, which I haven't done the math recently, but that's a little over three hours. That's significant. And we believe that's going to reduce burnout. So I like those kinds of use cases.
He goes on, AI at the Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic has been working over the past few years with Google on a landmark AI partnership. In June, the two organizations showcased some of the generative AI use cases they're working on together. I've been in academic healthcare for almost 40 years. And one of the challenges with academic healthcare is that every project we do is ad hoc, he explained. That is, you get an idea, the innovator talks to the lawyers, 18 months later, the contracts are signed and the work is finally begins and it's very inefficient process. What we've done over the last three years, he said, it, with this partnership is templated the process. So we go from the idea of running code in two weeks and how does that happen? Well, we took the entire corpus of Mayo data, structured, unstructured, omics, telemetry, images, digital pathology, de-identified it, moved it to the cloud container, and now it takes almost no time to bring any innovator into that cloud container and work with that data. And if you want to hear more about that, I've interviewed John several times on the keynote podcast, and we talked extensively about how they're doing this and why they're doing this. In fact, he spoke at the JP Morgan conference specifically about this because they thought this was so transformative that it was important enough to get in front of investors. So anyway, title of the article is Generative AI, not reliable yet, but in context, essentially what he's saying is generative AI in its structure and how it's 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 how it determines things, it's probabilistic. It's not deterministic, it's probable, probabilistic. And because of that, it is, it's a different model. And we have to look at that in, especially as we're looking at use cases to determine where is this a good application? Now, there are other AI models, and we keep saying that. There are other AI models that are more deterministic. Those are the models you might be wanting to look at if you want pinpoint accuracy, which we do in healthcare in a lot of cases. But there are some cases where generative AI can be utilized. And those are, I think, in coding. I think it could be uh, used, again, with, with checks. I think it could be used in notes. I think it could be used as a front end for some things. I think you're going to see generative AI. Obviously, it's being used for transcription and those other things. But I think it, it can be used as a front end to help to simplify solutions on the back end. Right? We can put a generative AI wrapper around some of these complex tools that we have, and we can see some great benefits. And I thank my friend Reed Steffen for a conversation we had today where he talked about some of the areas they're looking at doing that. So that's all for today. You know, be careful what you read as a headline. I noted that just the other day I was, I saw a headline and uh, the social media just went crazy. So I decided to read the article. I read the article and the headline had very little to do with the article if you put it in context. And I thought, this is what we do now. We put the headline out on social media, people react to the headline, and then they go tell 50 of their friends how crazy it is what this company is doing. Or did you hear what John Holopka said? But in context, what John is essentially saying is generative AI is probabilistic and there are other AI models that you would use for other things. All right, that's all for today. If you know someone that might benefit from our channel, please forward them a note. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, and everywhere else that it happens to be out there. You get the picture. We try to be everywhere. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. SureTest, Artisite, Parlance, and ServiceNow. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.